Wait, what? We're live. Wait, what? You beat me to it? I beat you to it. I sure did. Hey, Damien. And that's my line. <laughs> that's right. It's okay. You told me one time you were just like, so are you just going to sit in silence? And what if I never say, wait, what? Are you just going to sit there? But I'm Maybe excited. today was the day I was going to test that out. Maybe. But I wasn't going to let you. I wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna sit in silent. I'm excited to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a while. <laughs> a whole week. <laughs> I feel like it's been a little more than a week. When did when did we even record last? I don't remember. It's all been blurring together. Right. All this Texas time. I think it was, think it was Friday of last week. Was it? Was it? Friday? No, it wasn't last Friday. That's too quick. Maybe mm, the Friday before that. Perhaps. Surely. How am I That's sounding at the moment? You sound fine. Tired. <laughs> Sleepy. But no, like connection issues or anything like that. No, no connection issues. Cool. Do I cool. sound robotic? Mr. Roboto? Hello? Yep. Okay. Good deal. Well, you do kind Good of. Deal. I'm not going to lie a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, that's your side. You're getting me very delayed, aren't you? No, not at all. <laughs> like, I hear no issues in sound quality. At all. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So, how is uh, the first full week back in Texas treating you? Sucks. Sucks. Yes. Oh, that's not <laughs> the answer I was looking for. I know, but it's the answer you got. <laughs> that it is. That it is. But it's not like you're returning to the same Texas that you lost because you're in a whole different part of Texas. You're not. Uh huh. You don't know them people. Yeah, and I'm the out only, the fucking country in the middle of nowhere. Yep. And and the only people you know are are in the community. So. <laughs> <That's it>. <laughs> <laughs> no is a very kind word to use. Ah. Uh, no, I don't really know them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, names are inconsequential. Who needs a name? A name for what? (laughs) (laughs) Your name is your name is Red Hat. (laughs) My week is (laughs) my week has been good. Uh, today was a challenging day at work. Like by 10 a.m., I was exhausted and mentally worn out. I had already met with a parent, and like it was just semi chaos. And that was like by 10 a.m., literally. I'm just like, is it a full? Uh, my principal asks, is like, is it a full moon today? What is going on? 
was like, I don't know. That's funny because one of the girls at work today was like, everybody is so aggressive. Why is everyone being so aggressive? Yeah. There too. I think it's the Chinese New Year. It's the year of the rabbit. Everybody's all hopping mad. Oh my, shut up. (laughs) No, you're supposed to to like jokes like that. That's very dad jokish. I have an unfortunate (laughs) announcement for you today. No, what? Are you one of those people that likes the bad news early or late? Well, look, if you tell me that there's bad news, I don't want to delay the bad news. Just tell me. So, like, there's there's bad news for you today. What? For you today. Oh, so, the return of a dad joke. So, I don't have a poem today. What? But do you I, do. I have oh. a dad joke. <laughs> <Garbage>. <laughs> Hot, fresh garbage. <laughs> Hot, fresh garbage. That is so disappointing. So I, so I hope you... Did you get your dad joke? Um, okay, A, I was never excited about dad joke. And I would always want poem over dad joke, even generic poem. I just now, now that you're going to be a just, pub, well, you know, now that you're going to be a, a famous published poet, you're just saving all your good stuff for your money maker. I see how it is. Forget us little people along the way. <laughs> relax, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Relax, relax, relax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll make do. We'll make do. It's all it's good. a long one. It's a long one, the joke. Oh, my God. You know what happened the last time you told a really long, awful dad joke? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Anchor's not here for it at all. (laughs) Anchor will end our entire show. (laughs) Like, yep, that's their last episode. Anchor was like, I've canceled it. Yes, I canceled this show. Signed, Mr. Anchor. Anyway, um, I feel like you're very low T today. You're just no, I just think I'm getting you delayed. No, I don't no, think so. you. I mean, maybe not on your end, but I'm not. You gotta understand, the end here is atrocious. It's awful. So, like, I can, like, I can barely. It's bad. So, like, I think I'm hearing you with a delay. Interesting. So, like, we'll roll with it? (laughs) Yeah, we'll roll with it because, I mean, it's not like you're answering me with a delay. See, that's weird because there'll be times where, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out as the show goes on, whatever. But if I do seem like I'm excess quiet, that's because, like, I'm, it's, like, it still sounds like you're talking and explain it. It's weird. It's weird audio on my end. Yeah, it is. Maybe it's your headset. No, it's definitely the use- Wi-Fi. Are you using the headset that the cat chewed up? No, 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 no. Okay. Trust me, it's the Wi-Fi. But um, 
I am a little low today. I'm just extremely tired. I just woke up very tired, which was weird. I didn't stay up too late. And I got a decent amount of sleep. And then my new job is horribly boring to the point of like, oh, my God, get me out of here. Um, are, you sell- are you selling insurance now or something? No, I'm just working at a Dave's Hot Chicken that does almost 30 grand less than the Dave's Hot Chicken I came from. Oh, uh, so not as much hot chicken. Oh, it's so boring. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. It'll get better. You're going to make it better. Because what you're going to do is you're going to tell all the members of the community to come in for hot chicken. And I don't know if the community if they, should be eating. <laughs> if they come in for hot chicken, then you'll give them secret sauce. Courtney, knock it off. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I Did you get any... Did you get any I, comments I, I, about uh, my curated activities last week? No, not at all. That's good. Not That's at good. all. No, more importantly, did you get any comments? <laughs> I got I, 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 What did who say? <laughs> what did mom have to say? <laughs> she hasn't. I don't think she's heard it yet, or she's purposefully just not going to make a comment. <laughs> like, no, we're just not going to talk about it. Or perhaps she doesn't understand the insinuations. That's possible. <laughs> That's possible. I mean, we are speaking in code. I'd like to think that we're speaking in code that not everyone understands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to give you this joke. Oh, my goodness. Well, hold on to it. <laughs> hold on to your joke. Um, because I have a lot on my mind. So I have a few different topics. Um, I guess we'll start with... Ooh, more for me to timestamp. Right, yeah. So we'll start with the local with the local tea. So, and even then, I'm just like, which juicy thing do I want to talk about first? So one of the things that we've talked about before on the show is the Hogan Park Project. And basically what it, what it is is a private conservatory a group wanted to um, fund along with city funds uh, complete renovation of Hogan Park they want to turf every single field all the softball fields all the baseball fields all the uh, soccer fields you know every single field would be turned into turf Uh, they were going to add uh, an outdoor amphitheater they were going to add um, a basketball pavilion. You know, they were just really going to revitalize Hogan Park. The thing is, is it was going to become something like downtown Centennial Plaza, where it's owned by a separate group and it's managed by a separate group. That's not the city of Midland. Well, everybody was fine with this. Everybody was just like, yeah, this is good. This is going to work. A lot of Turf is awful. What? Turf is awful. No, turf is great. I don't turf, have problems with turf. You know how many athletes athletes injure their ankles and their knees on turf because it's like running on concrete? No, it's not. 
More injuries come from turf than from regular grass. Well, old school AstroTurf, yeah, because that's just the carpet. I'm talking about the stuff with the rubber pellets and, and the simulated dirt. That stuff is great. I love it. Just use natural fucking grass. <clears throat> um, well, when you live in a desert where it doesn't rain very much, oh, stop. that costs even more to upgrade. And it's not natural grass all year long. At some point, it becomes unplayable and unusable. And then you really do have concrete because the ground is hard as a rock. So that's why people are looking for alternatives. And this new turf that's being used now, put down and played on now, is a great, great alternative. I don't like this. Y'all like it? I don't like this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And now, what I don't like is that they, to simulate the dirt, they use rubber pellets and it's black rubber pellets. So in the summertime, it is miserably hot on this turf. Because oh, hey, let's go make this turf in Midland, Texas that gets really hot and let's use it for a park which people are mostly only going to go to at summertime and that sounds like a great way to invest our money and that's why well, Midland, Texas not... is ghetto and broke no hey. <laughs> hey, Midland, Texas far from ghetto and broke and Midland, Texas is broke. ghetto and the only people that aren't <clears throat> broke are the oil tycoons everybody else can't afford to live there well the city itself is not broke that is for that is for certain. The city of Midland, there is nothing broke about the city of Midland. Um, but anyway, this this project. See, I'm so, getting my T levels up. You see that? I guess I I'm see. I'm waking up for you. I guess. But <laughs> this project, so it was everyone's all excited about it, and then it became a campaign issue when Jerry Morales decided to campaign against Lori Blong on the Hogan Park project. And then all of a sudden, everyone got up in arms and and started asking all these questions. And then all of a sudden, it just became the worst thing ever. And I still don't understand why. I know that there's one group of people here in the district where I live, District 2, um, where uh, technically Hogan Park it is in District 2. Well, there are people um, who are community leaders, I should say, uh, were upset that no one from District 2 was on the planning committee for this project. And so they feel like, how can you talk about a park in our district and not even include us in the discussion? So they were they were going to veto, you know, go against the project just simply because of ego and they weren't brought to the table. So screw your Hogan Park project. We don't want it. And then other people, you know, super ultra conservative Midlanders who don't want to ever spend money for anything that could be improvement because they want Midland to stay just like it is. We love our small little bit of town Midland. <laughs> never change never change bring back slavery we want relax. it to be out Midland. relax those people were just like oh you want to spend 
thirty million dollars on a park? No way. Uh-uh. Vote no. And so those people got all up in arms about it. So the city council just like what is say Wednesday, I think Tuesday morning at the city council meeting voted on the project and they voted it down. So now the conservatory, the 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 special interest group has pulled out of the project and they're no longer going to do the project. Uh, city councilman Dan Corrales had a had an article that I read where they said they still plan as a city to move forward with with the project, but they're going to do it in phases, uh, four phases over the next several years. And uh, it's going to be a little bit slower than before, but it's still going to get done. And at a cheaper price, and the city of Midland will be able to control it 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I will tell you how I feel about that. I think this is a loss. It's a loss for the city. Um, it's a loss for District 2 because, you know, it was going to help generate extra costs when you can use fields year-round instead of seasonally then you can rent them out more often and make even more money. So, duh, hello, hello. And so, uh, you know, I think that's a bit, just a big loss for the, for the area, a big loss for city. Um, Sometimes people don't understand that it takes money to make money and every investment you have to have startup capital in order to do something. True, true, true. You know, uh, I think I really do think that we missed the ball here, and I'm not sure that all of our listeners will agree on that whole thing. There are going to be a lot of people who felt like the price tag was too big, who felt like the city was losing control. Um, they don't necessarily like the way that Centennial Park downtown is run with that uh, con- conservatory with that group. Um, and they were just against the project. And so, you know, I don't know. It's hard. And it makes it difficult for new mayor Lori Blong because this is one of the projects that she ran on. This was part of her big platform. She's officially yeah, she's, taken over, right? Yeah, she's officially the mayor now. Okay. And Peyton's so uh, back in church or something? I think I don't think he – I don't know about all that. I don't know what he's doing. Who cares? <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so that's one of the things that, that is happening in Midland. That's Midland Tea. And uh, just know that I'm disappointed that that project failed and that, uh, you know, Corrales was the only one who spoke in this particular article that I, that I read. And, uh, he said that just his constituents were overwhelmingly against it. And I'm just like, I don't know about that, but okay, if you say so. So, I mean, it's Midland, Texas, because you really doubt they would like make if you if you support this park, I just can't vote for you. Like, let's just be realistic here. I, I would not have been surprised if he heard that from a good number of people <laughs> in that fucking town. But, 
and he just got elected. So, you know, there's like three more years for him to do all kinds of other things that make <laughs> everyone forget that that ever happened because people around here have the shortest attention spans ever. <laughs> so that's a know. little small town mentality. You either remember like, do you remember back in March of 2011 when this happened or you don't remember like anything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's one thing that happened. Um, what else? So our news, and this is something that a lot of people are not going to know. So this is some tea. Our new superintendent is a vampire. Yeah, right. The new wonderful uh, Stephanie Howard, who I said reminds me of a Disney queen villain. That's, <laughs> That's not a compliment. <laughs> but it is. When you think about like, when you think about those queens and how they're, just, my... so, they're <laughs> just so upright and they're just like stoic and beautiful. They're villains. Like, but... <laughs> Just because they're they're bad doesn't mean they're not beautiful and put together. Just because they're bad doesn't mean they're not bad. (laughs) Well, I mean, so so this latest act makes me put her in the category even more. So she decreed. Oh my god! You said decreed. You're ridiculous. Well, that's what it. it, Listen, she (laughs) (laughs) she decreed. That by Monday, by the end of day Monday, all signage that said anything about COVID-19 must be removed from buildings, from schools. How is that a good thing? Profit, uh, property. How is that a good thing? Well, you, it, that's, hello. Oh, that's okay, because I thought you liked Stephanie Howard. I, I do, but this gave me pause. This okay. really, this really, like, like. <laughs> I'm not lying like, to you. I think the delay <laughs> slash, like, cutting it, because you're cutting it out for me at certain points, I think it's caused miss some things that you say. And then I'm just <laughs> like, I'm like, why is he happy about this? This is weird. No, I, I am <laughs> not happy at all about this. Okay, right. Um, This was definitely when I was told about this decree, it was a, wait, what? <laughs> She wants to what? Yeah. And you have to do what? And we're just going to declare that COVID is done at a time where our hospital has gone back to everyone who enters the hospital has to wear a mask. And we're now back at, at medium health risk. And, uh, mm. and that's just the COVID numbers are starting to spike. But we're going to pretend like COVID doesn't exist at all in our schools. Attendance is abysmal because all the kids are sick. Uh, all the staff and faculty are sick, but COVID is just not a thing anymore. So, <clears throat> so we're give, just going to... Go ahead. I, did, did she give a reason as to why? No. That was the other part of it. She didn't give a reason. She just said take it all down and it needs to be done by the end of business on Monday. Period. (laughs) Okay. So too early, too early, too early. (laughs) So does that not sound like a decree? 
I mean, it sounds like an executive order. It sounds like a business decision. It sounds like she's playing business. She's she's not. She's not uh, going to take. <laughs> I guess I don't know if like normal superintendents do this or not, but like this isn't something that like you guys have a big meeting about, or a superintendent just says, "You're doing this, do it." But I'm asking, I don't know how that works. Like, would you normally like have a meeting about something like this? Like a big old vacuum, like a big old, like the who's who of the school district get together and decide on it. Or does the superintendent just make the decision? Well, so the superintendent has that power to make the decision. Um, There's usually, you know, something like that. There's usually at least some um, consulting with the school board, talking to the healthcare providers the Brandon Hodges of, was like, hell yeah, sister, tear it down. <laughs> tear it down. <laughs> Screw COVID. We don't have, it never existed. <laughs> I've had colds worse than COVID. I don't know what's wrong with you people and your mean systems. <laughs> Take them signs down. We don't, we don't need to talk about that no more. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure that there are several in, in uh, Midland who who rejoice at the idea of, you know, taking down the COVID signs because they didn't ever think COVID was a thing in the first place. So, but it's just, that was a decision that really gave me pause. And it made me stop and be like, wait, what? She was, she said, what? And like, I, I literally asked that question like a million times. I just sat there, in the, I just stood there in the doorway. It was just like, Wait, read it again? Wait, read it again? <laughs> and I just kept, I was just like, <laughs> You're like, hold on, Isaiah, let me do one more time. Let me get my good glasses on. Let me get my good okay. glasses Okay, like, re- re- read it one more time. Surely I've missed something here. And I'm just like, and there's no explanation of, as to why. There's no explanation as to why. Okay. So, I found that very interesting. That's, well, that's we don't like that. That's, no. That is ignoring a genuine public health risk. And it's like, uh, I mean, this is major, you know, you know, it's insulting for me to even make the comparison. But it's stupid. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> just, here, here. Well, just because, yeah, I was going to go hyperbole, but there's some hyperbole that's just a little too much still. So, so yeah. I, I I don't um I'm, I'm still I don't know what to to think about that. Except that I don't like it. It's very like odd. It. It's very odd. It's a very odd decision. And I hope that she will address it and at least speak on it at some point as to why she made that decree. But I don't know. And I don't know that she will. She wanted to <laughs> exactly. She don't have to. She is the queen. So, uh, so that happened. Um, what else is going on? Uh, nationally. We, we, okay, sorry. Oh, well, nationally, did you hear that Pence has some some documents? <laughs> Who has documents? Pence, Mike Pence. Does that surprise you? Well, of course not. But, you know, now Biden's not in trouble anymore. 
Because Mike not. Pence got some document too. So everybody's got some classified documents. Everybody has classified documents. I already told been, you I'm so checked out with national politics. I learned most of it from you. I don't even follow it anymore. <laughs> At all. Just I'm, like I'm just like this is ridiculous. You know what? I bet if I look in this bottom drawer that hasn't been opened in about twenty five years, I could find some classified documents. How have you not opened a drawer in 25 years? Because it's hard to get to, and it's been, uh, it's like covered by this big desk, and I don't know what's in there, but I don't think it's very important. I would store drugs (laughs) in there. Yeah, but then you got to be able to get to that. Well, yeah, that's true. So I don't know really what's, and I'm looking at it right now, like as I talk about this drawer, it's under my closet. Oh, open it and unveil what's in it on the podcast. Do it, do it, do it, nah, do it. Come on, do it. My my desk is like this huge desk. This you just scoot it out desk. enough to, to just, just open a bit. It's way heavy. Come on. I, I just scoot it. So, no, there will be no unveiling of oh, the secret my God. of this drawer. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I'm sure that there's secret, you know, there are classified documents. And I just don't want to go through that right now because, you know, I do not need the FBI on my ass right now. So we're fuck just the FBI and fuck you, IRS. <laughs> Apparently I owe the IRS a grand on my taxes. I'm not even getting money back this year. They can go fuck themselves. Oh, what? I'm about to start voting Republican and you could go fuck yourself. That's how I feel. Oh my Not, goodness. I'm sick of this. Because you know what? I never had to pay taxes back when we're Republicans were in office. <laughs> Only when it's a fucking Democrat in office do I have to pay taxes. I'm I'm over this shit. I'm voting okay. red. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like I got a grand lying around to pay to the IRS. Fuck you. Well, it's because you were in, in Massachusetts. No. I I play Massachusetts. Because the freaking Trump year I was in Massachusetts, I didn't have to pay taxes. Both Biden years I've had to. Oh no, the two the two Trump years I didn't, and the one Biden year I had to is what I meant to say. Well, <laughs> yeah. You moved up into a different tax bracket. No, because that man these taxes. That's how I moved up. Because I could damn sure tell you I didn't make the money. I made less than 70k. Slinging all that chicken. Don't even get me. I'm so mad. <laughs> I could vote for Rand Paul right now. I'm so freaking. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> but you know, it's weird because single people are so punished in the American uh, political system. Like, if you're single, if you're a single male, especially, you like get screwed <sighs> over. Everything caters to people that do nothing with their lives but breed children. Yes. Breeders get all the breaks. It's ridiculous. It really is. Like, don't even get me started. (laughs) (laughs) That is. Yeah, Yeah, I'm bitter because, like, I have a grand laying around. No, I'm like ridiculously broke right now. What you mean? You want a grand for me? Good luck. Take me to prison. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't got a grand for you. Sorry. Well, you know, you have time to pay. It's not even for if it that. was like a hundred dollars. If it was like a hundred dollars, I would roll my eyes. I wouldn't even be mad about it. They want a freaking grand from me. How much money that is to me? If someone came to me right now and gave me 
$500, I would probably break down in tears. <laughs> That's how poor I am. And the government wants $1,000 from me. Fuck you. Well, were, did you not listen to your to your uh, employees there, up there, when they were trying to tell you about taking things out and, and withholdings? and They tried to help you. I remember talking about this. What? Remember you were talking about how our kids here don't learn anything and the kids. No, they were talking about four one K's and stuff. <laughs> they were talking about federal withholdings. And- they were talking about four one K's and, and investment IRAs and, and stuff like that. Uh, and I apologize to anyone who didn't like my cussing tirade, but first off, this is my podcast. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Secondly, <laughs> it's about the IRS. I feel like we can all agree. Fuck the IRS. <laughs> I feel like everyone can just mutually agree on that. <laughs> I feel like you haven't cussed near as much as when we first started this. Because I, because you got so many complaints from all these little Nancys, and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to viewership, so I tried to rein it back and you know find a good middle ground. But when it comes to the IRS and me owing them a grand, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> You understand how poor I am. I got on there to do my taxes, and I was like, oh, God, I hope I get just a little bit back. Anything helps. No. No. And you know what the sad part is? I didn't even react. I just saw that I owed them money, and I just hit X. I just hit X. I didn't even finish it. Well, maybe you did something wrong. You need a second opinion. No, I do it the same way every year. I didn't do anything wrong. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the problem, Damien. The problem is Joe Biden needs to stop raising people's taxes. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm just bitter. <laughs> very, very bitter. Very bitter. Very, very bitter. It's okay. I understand. I had to get that off my chest. Oh, understandable. That was Damien's mind. <laughs> right? That was the surprise <laughs> impromptu. Damien's okay, mind. surprise impromptu. Just based on the conversation, just... Just happened. I just, I'm <laughs> so bitter about this. Yeah, you are. <sighs> so now, so now you you want to be fiscally responsible? I mean, I'm, I mean, fuck these bleeding heart liberals and their rate on <laughs> <laughs> and the way they from core American values and and they don't like our flag or Christmas and and guns raised my children um, and, and vaccines might turn you into Digimon so be careful <laughs> and Tucker Carlson is a saint um, and he should be president one day there we go you're here here, here. Tucker Carlson, Jordan Peterson, 2032. <laughs> Is Ben Shapiro's oh. little bitch ass still around? I don't know. We'll make him the press secretary. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so, speaking of like, so I remember me texting you and being like, I cannot believe right now I'm actually agreeing with. What's his name? Uh, Brandon Hodges. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, this is like all a setup. This is like, what the hell is, what bizarro world 
wait, what? So at the last school <laughs> wait, board what conservative meeting, edition? Yes, right. So at the last school board meeting, Brandon Hodges, <clears throat> it was the end of the consent agenda, which basically is a, a list of reports that always got to get consent. Yeah, that well, that the <laughs> that's right. Consent is important. You tried to take me serious. You tried to just like pass over it, and then you were like, "Well, wait a second. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you like, anyway, didn't want to because... pay it any mind, and then you were like, "Well, I know. Actually... Wait, well." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, anyways, so the consent agenda is a list of reports that the the board gets ahead of time. They're supposed to read it ahead of time, and basically, it's ge- ge- generic information that they're just supposed to rubber stamp and be like, okay. And so, they lump all these things together, and they're supposed to pass all together. However, each line item you know, can be pulled out of consent agenda for discussion. So Brandon did this with the line item that's contracts over $100,000. And he wanted to know why we were paying another $300,000 plus to a consulting firm that we had previously approved for in a group of consulting firms for eight over $800,000. And he's just like, why are we spending all this extra money? And they were just like, oh, no. Um, this three is really a part of that eight. And it's not any additional money. It's the allotment of that eight. And yes, it just looks weird because of the way this whole thing is was written out. But it's not any extra money. And he's just like, I don't know about all that because this sounds like we're paying them more money. And then he was just like, so how do we know that this is even worth it? Like, what what data do we have to justify this particular consulting firm that's going to cost us $300,000? Because they wanted to institute this consulting firm's curriculum into more campuses. Give it like two years and you and Brandon are going to be like school board BFFs. Maybe. Wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> yeah, it would take one of you to have very massive ideological shifts. <laughs> but anyways, well, continue but, with your very but, serious story. <laughs> <laughs> so he was going on and like he was just like, look, I'm, I can't vote. I can't in good conscience vote to approve a $300,000 spend on something that I don't even know works or is worth it. Can we not at least get some data that that backs up and says that this is a company that's worth it? And they're all just like, well, if we don't approve this now, then, you know, the, the schools are going to, they're trying to find the money themselves to be able to pay for this because they really want this curriculum. And he's just like, well, I mean, they've gone this long without it. Why is it all of a sudden that we just have to have this right now? Like, what, what, what is the deal? And so he was just like, so something simple, the data that I'm looking for, I just want to know from the people who already are using it, do you like it? <laughs> Can we just ask them that? Has anyone asked them that? 
And I'm just like, I'm sitting in the audience like, this shit makes sense. This is a very logical conversation. <laughs> You're like, well, I'd be a son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'd be damn. Brandon Hodges is making a whole lot of sense right now. So much sense that they agreed to table the the vote on that particular line item and that particular uh, spin uh, until a special session where they could have a special they, session. Yeah, where they could poll the the schools and principals who currently use the curriculum to find out if they even like it or and if it's worth it. So Brandon won his he got his way. How long have they been using that curriculum? Uh, I think the the schools that are using it, and they're like the top tier schools, and they've been using it for like a year. I don't feel like a year is a large enough sample size to right. be able to determine if an entire district should adopt a curriculum. Exactly, and and that's the thing. It wasn't even going to be a whole the whole district to adopt it. It would have just been like seven more schools. Mm. So curriculums then, confuse it, me. I don't understand curriculums. So it's basically it's the way you go about giving the information. Um, some of them, you know, they schedule out the lessons and they say, okay, on this week, you should be teaching this on this week. You should be teaching this. And it gives the guide and the roadmap for each lesson and and the order that things should be taught in. So that's basically what the curriculum does. And then they have their consultants come in to make sure that you're teaching it the way that they want you to teach it. Because if you don't present the information the way that they want you to, that they plan for you to present the information, then you're not doing their curriculum justice. And they don't, and then if it doesn't work, they're just like, well, the li- we don't have liability because you didn't teach it right. So that's why these, their consultants have to come in and be on campus and hold your hand and go into obs- observations and classrooms and look and see that teachers are teaching the curriculum the way that they want to, which causes all kind of extra stress on the teachers because not only do they have to perform for their principal and for their students and those students' parents, now they have this other consulting firm that's being paid by the district to just observe and critique. And a lot of teachers, you know, they don't like to be micromanaged like that. Uh, It's one of the reasons why a lot of teachers get out of the profession. They're just like, who does this? Why do we have to, who are these consulting people? And some of these consultants have never even been classroom teachers. I mean, it's, it's all irrelevant like, in the state of Texas anyways. They only allow you to teach the star test. That's all they give a shit about. Well, and so that's that's another one of the very interesting points and in, in things. So this curriculum that we're using at my campus, you know, it's all cute and everything, but when it comes to star, the things that they're having our teachers do don't apply. And it's just like, you know, the closer we get to an actual star exam, all that shit goes out the window. And the teachers go just go back to teaching old school, just make sure that you're ready to take this test. So 
it makes you wonder why do we even need all this curriculum stuff in the first damn place? I'm sure the state of Texas has some kind of generic, here's how to prepare your students for the star test curriculum, and everyone should just be using that. Yes. Yes. But the thought process is, is that the star doesn't cover everything that a student is supposed to know. Absolutely, but but the way that state's educational system works, it only gauges a student's success based on if they pass that standardized test or not and their attendance. That's all they care about. So what does it matter? Like, I'm sorry, but that's why Texas public education, no offense, because God knows you try, is a joke because they only care about the standardized test. That's all they care about. So whatever, if the student should be learning X amount of things more, it doesn't matter because their entire success in getting that diploma hinges on them passing a star test. Yes. No argument for me. Absolutely. But I will probably rant on as much as, if not more than you. (laughs) No arguments for me. You know, I think that it's, it's, and so the idea of all these curriculums and spending all this money on specialized curriculums and consultants is just Looney Tunes to me. It really is. <laughs> Agreed. I agree entirely. It's a waste of money. Yeah. So, anyway, I found myself in total agreement with Brandon Hodges. Did you tell Brandon so, that? So much so that in the meeting, I text Brandon and I told him, I said, you may, I said, that's a very logical or argument and I'm in total agreement with you. And he responded back, thank you. Interesting. Where is, uh, where's Matt been? I haven't heard anything about Matt lately. I haven't talked to Matt in a little bit. Um, Matt has stepped away from a lot of this. With good reason. I was going to say, is so, that off the podcast discussion? Well, I, I, I mean, probably. <laughs> but, you know, this system... So when you're always been... When people want to constantly label you as the bad guy, you get tired of fighting and uh, you just become the bad guy (laughs) yeah you know and so matt just kind of finally became tired of fighting like why am i fighting for something when i know i'm doing the right thing but everyone says i'm not so why am i putting this much effort into all of this and so he's kind of stepped back from things. Like I said, I don't blame him for that. He has a family to take care of. He's got a job to take care of where he has an elevated position, has a dad to take care of who's elderly and has some health things going on. So, Is he still working with uh, those boys? <clears throat> um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. And that was because the school he was at, is kind of a joke, has very poor leadership. And so he kind of got tired of fighting that school's leadership to try and, you know, do the right thing. 
Oh. Gotcha, gotcha. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> but those are the things that's on my mind. Not Wonder- too much, right? Wonderful segment. Fly, Eagles, fly. It's time for sports, baby. First off, let's recap. You and I went three and one for the divisional rounds, uh, I think. Who did we miss? We said Bucks were going to beat the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. So uh, we were both very close. or I was extremely close with the score on the Jags game, but... Jags lost like we definitely said they would. What's disappointing about that is when Patrick Mahomes is playing on one freaking leg, you got to capitalize and win. You what have they to. Do? Look, Patrick Mahomes could have been out there in a wheelchair and he was still going to beat the Jags. But no, I'm sorry. When he is that hurt, you have to seize that because look, for all you know, the Jags could like not get back here. First off, they only went nine and eight in the regular season, and they barely beat the Titans because the Titans went on a seven-game losing streak. And then they barely beat the Chargers, right? After Trevor Lawrence had a horrible first half. Game so let's just come back, right? So let's just say that this year was just like lightning in the bottle. It was so much better than Urban without Urban Meyer. Everything fell in the right place. Things lined up, and the boys made it to the playoffs. Congratulations! They absolutely deserve the credit for that, but. <laughs> Next year, there's no guarantee that the Titans or the Colts or the Texans aren't going to be better. There's no guarantee that the AFC as a whole isn't going to be better. Guarantee that a 9, 8, 10, or 6, 10, and 7 season is going to get you into those playoffs. So, like, when you are literally the worst team last year and now you're a wild card contender this year and you're in a divisional round of the playoffs for the first time since 2017 and the greatest quarterback to ever play the game like talent wise is literally playing on one injured foot and you had like what was it three series where their backup quarterback is playing you have to seize that moment and you have to win that game because what what does anybody gonna say they're gonna say that the jaguars got lucky mahomes got hurt and no one's gonna blame the chiefs mahomes got hurt whatever the jaguars won but like then for all you know the Jaguars get lucky and they win the conference championship because they seized on the division. And then next thing you know, the Jaguars could have been in the Super Bowl, but no, they couldn't capitalize on Mahomes being hurt and the backup being in the game. And the, and then they, they're out of the playoffs now. And who knows okay. when they're going to be back? But Damien, it's a, any given su- Sunday. A, A, you talk like Patrick Mahomes getting hurt meant that the defensive all of a sudden got hurt. And, and, you know, the defense wasn't able to play anymore. But you have to capitalize. You have to, you got to play your best. Had nothing to do with the offense playing better. But no, but what I'm saying is the defense nothing. should have stopped Chad Henney, is what I'm saying. They should have stopped Chad Henney and one leg of Mahomes. Peg like Patrick. <laughs> and then the other part of that is you discount Chad Henney. He's a very Damn capable. Damn right, I discount Chad Henney. <laughs> He's a very capable backup who's done this before in the playoffs. Oh, right, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. When this and, happens, and the, the defense has to step the fuck up. I'm sorry, but you have three you have three first round defensive rookies on that team. And it's like somebody has to make a play. Somebody had to have made a play there. You couldn't have let them continue to score on you. I'm not the blaming Chiefs Trevor Lawrence in the, the offense. Chiefs. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. 
And, and well, now Andy the Chiefs going to play the Andy Reid is Andy Reid. Don't forget about that part. And let's not forget that Patrick Mahomes doesn't need to run around. It's not about he running can, around. The dude could barely plant his leg to pass. His job, he can literally stand there and pick you apart. He and could, that's what they did. Because the offensive line didn't get hurt. Yes, and I'm not hating on I'm all not they had on, to do. I'm not was, hating on Patrick. I'm saying Jacksonville choked in the moment. Jacksonville choked in the moment. Jacksonville did the best that they could. I just Jacksonville. Because they're Jacksonville. So they did the best that they could. Casey wasn't shit until Mahomes came around. So saying it's Jacksonville doesn't mean But he's still there. He's he's still around. I know, but what what I'm saying is what I'm saying is the Jags had the chance to beat a wounded Chiefs team and they couldn't seize on that opportunity. Uh, Wounded is not dead. For sure. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying I, to get you to understand. Wounded is not dead. I'm not it's, saying. I'm not saying that it was going to be a blowout. And oh my god, the Jaguars destroyed the Chiefs. But when that happened, you should have seized that momentum and you should have won that game. The Jaguars should have won that game, and it would have been no fault of the give, Chiefs. You don't give enough credit to the Chiefs as an organization. They are more than Patrick Mahomes, and if if nothing else, that's what we should have learned by the end of that game, is they are more than Patrick Mahomes. That is a well-oiled machine. It is. And the Jaguars still, that was the best chance the Jaguars had to make it to the conference. when, like That was their shot, is all I'm saying. Moving on. was their shot this year? We don't know what's going to happen next year. We have no idea. Uh, They weren't even supposed to be there this year. Like, they weren't even supposed to be there. It, it was it's fluky as hell that they were even in that game. But that's exactly what I'm saying. And when you're when you're riding that wave of like, is a this fluky for real or not? Then it's but yeah. When the flukes keep, keep happening, fluky. you should have yeah. Damn right. No, no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Look, let's move on because I'm heartbroken about one game. So hear me out, Courtney. I think you can relate to this more than anybody. I'm having a very hard time. As a, as, a, as a very gay man and as a sports fan right now. Because the, the massive crush I have on Josh Allen is only <laughs> rivaled by the massive crush I have on Joe Burrow. Lord. But I, I think I lean a little bit Josh Allen. Well, and yeah, you do. And so, and so I'm starting your to bo- think. Your boy was trash. Dude, he didn't play very so well. So I'm starting to think that, like, because I'm not a Pats fan anymore, and I said that. And last year when the when the Bengals are catching fire, I kind of wanted to be a Bengals fan, but I was like, it just feels too bandwagony. Like, no, right? And I do kind of enjoy just being a fan of football and not having a specific team anymore. But it's like, I'm so I'm watching this Bills game, right? And every time Josh is on screen, I'm like, oh, my God, it's Josh Allen. He's so thick. Look at his ass. Look at his face. Look at his arms. I love him so much. He's perfect. But I kept – but then every time the Bengals would kick their ass, I'd be like, let's fucking go. And I'm like, have I become a Bengals fan? Have I become oh, a Bengals wow. fan? Should I just declare it now and let everyone just bandwagon me and you're a bandwagoner? And you're blah, 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 blah. Should I just accept it now and just let it happen and just say I'm a Bengals fan? Or should well, I give I it another year were- or two? 
Look, I thought you were already on the Eagles bandwagon. No, so I bandwagon. I've been doing this since I was a Pats fan. I bandwagon a team every year, just a team that's really fun, really exciting, really fun to watch. Like it has a great storyline, and I root for them like crazy. But then I was always a Pats fan. So like, you know, I was always supporting my Pats, but if, you know, the Pats weren't playing, then or like or I would just root for two teams, the Patriots plus, you know what I mean? And so, like, this year, I'm, like, bandwagoning the fuck out of the Eagles because they're amazing, and I'm so excited for what they're doing. But, like, I'm really starting to think I'm a Bengals fan, but I don't want to, like, I don't know if I'm ready to commit to that yet. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, the Bengals destroyed the Bills. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that was, I don't even know what to say. That was, first off, the Bills coach needs to be fired. Sean McDermott needs to go. Wow. Look, because it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like he's, you like you've seen this happen in football. He's one of those coaches where he came into a really, really shitty failing organization. And he turned them around to be a really, really great competitive team. But I don't think he has what it takes to get them over the hump. And they keep keeping him around because they were losing so long before him. And yeah, he cleaned up the machine, and yeah, he made them a better, more respectable team. But I don't know if he's the coach to take them to that Super Bowl. Their their first year in the playoffs was with Terod Taylor, so I don't know if you really count that. And then they lost to the Jaguars. And then the next year was Josh Allen's rookie year. They didn't go anywhere. That's fine. And then the next year, they got blown out 38-24 by the Chiefs. Then the next year, they lose to the Chiefs 43-42 in the, conf- in the divisional round overtime. And then the next year, they lose to the Bengals. 20, was it 27-10 or 24-10? I don't know. And Sean McDermott is a defensive coach. And every single year, it's your defense that's losing you these games. I mean, this year, the offense was atrocious. The defense was also getting walked all over. The defense lost last year. The defense lost the game the year before. And so it's just like, like, like I feel like you have to look the organization in the face. You have to say Josh Allen's cap hip is only getting higher. Stephon Diggs' cap hit is only getting higher, and Stephon Diggs is only getting older. Your offensive line has been trashed for five years. Why has your coach or GM not rebuilt that offensive line? Your run game has been trashed for five years. Why have they not put a proper run game around Josh Allen? And in this defense that this quote-unquote defensive head coach is supposed to be manning has let them down in the playoffs like every single year when it counted. So wow. you you, you kind of have to look the coach in the eye and say, thank you for what you did for the organization, but you have to move on. It's the Marvin Lewis effect. Marvin Lewis was not a bad coach. Marvin Lewis was taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl, or I mean, to the playoffs every year. I mean, he was losing. They weren't a bad organization, but they didn't have what it takes to get over the hump. Wow. That's a lot. You disagree? Well, I disagree with your assessment of the Bills. And I think that this year's Bills had a lot more injuries than they've ever had to deal with. Uh, remember, they had brought in Jason Pierre-Paul, and he got injured. Von Miller. He was supposed to be the, the big time, you know. Von Miller, <laughs> not JPP. Uh, oh, yeah, Von Miller. All right. And they brought in Javon Miller, and he was the piece. You know, up until he got hurt, he was the piece. He was the missing link. They went into Kansas City and beat Kansas City. I'm sorry, but the, the Joe Burrow had three starting linemen out injured in that game and they still walked all over the bills but walked all over them but look burrow all last year 
going to the Super Bowl had no linemen. Like that's not that's not new to him. Not having no linemen, that's that's not new. I think if he ever got linemen, that would be what would get them over the hump. I think it's the NFL playoffs, and I don't think injuries are an excuse anymore. It's the end of the it's the end of the year. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's been playing all year. You can't use that excuse every year. Then what was your excuse the year before? When your defense like Kansas City score with 13 seconds Kansas left on the City. clock and then lost in overtime. Kansas City. The same Kansas City that the Bengals went and absolutely dismantled the very next week. Because they're not, I mean, it's matchups. Why is it that Joe Burrow is undefeated against the Chiefs? It's a matchup thing. I mean, and it's a coaching thing. And I'm, I just don't, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to have results. In the end of the day, Everybody looked at the Bills as the favorite in the AFC. They had the best roster. Like, like that was the overall, and, and for the majority of the year, they looked like they were. But then things started, people started getting injured, and the scheme yes. started getting messed up, and they started losing a bunch of games. But every single year in the playoffs under Sean McDermott, it's been the exact same story. So at some point, you have to say thank you for what you did. We're cutting ties. We're moving on. We have to try something else. How many more years are you going to waste of Stephon Diggs and then Josh Allen's cap is only getting higher, which means you're only like, you're going to have to let better guys go. And then you have to trust your GM and your coach to replace those guys. And they can't even put an offensive line or a run game around Josh Allen. And Josh Allen can't sit out there and win you every single game. See, and that's another point that I disagree with as far as the offensive line and run game. Their he run has game a 30 for. They have, See, he has the 28th worst ranked offensive line in the league and the 31st worst run game. Uh, That's facts, numbers, statistics. You can't argue that. That is factual information. That offensive line is horrendous. It's just Josh Allen makes it look good because he's Josh Allen. Look, their record was their record. They won, and part of that is, you know, a large part of that is due to the coach. You want to risk going backwards because when you fire a coach, you don't know what you're going to get. All of a sudden, it's a new system. The players have to respond to a new voice, and there's no guarantee that it's going. Look what to be happened a with the Eagles situation. when they look what happened to the Eagles whenever they took a chance and fired Doug Peterson and moved on to a new coach. It wasn't instantly better. I can Who tell said, you that. I didn't say it was. Much. I didn't say it was going to get instantly fixed. I didn't say they were going to be better and in the Super Bowl next next year. I didn't say that. But that's but this, also the GM, you know. Oh, the GM and should I don't go know too. the the <laughs> Brandon Bean should go too. Well, so you want to replace everything and think that it's going to be the back office, to where it is? I think, I think it's a front office issue. I do not think it's an. I don't think it's a roster talent issue. I think it's a front office issue. I don't think it's the right coaching staff to take them where they need uh, to go. You Courtney, wanna, this is you this is reset. this is literally this is literally that's been not seen good. In, this has literally been seen in football for years, where a guy is a great coach but just can't get you to the over the hill. And it's also been seen for years where a team resets and it's not as good. That's a risk you take. That's football. So what are you going to do if next year they make it to the conference championship again, or let's say they make it to the conference championship and they're playing Kansas City and Kansas City hangs forty five on them and they don't look good? What's the excuse going to be then? It's not going to be the coach then. What's it going to be? Well, it's because we can't beat Kansas City. <laughs> it's the same story every year. 
you blow up the whole team. You have a defensive head coach whose defense is constantly choking in big moments and big games, but you want to keep the head coach around when he's the one that calls the defensive plays and when he's the one that works with the GM to build the defensive roster? Is he? Yes. Is he calling the defensive yes. plays? Yes. I don't know about that. I know he's coordinating the defensive game. I don't know if they have an actual DC or not. I'll look it up really quick, but I know for a fact because I saw uh, the uh, – press conference where he said that the defensive game plan he formulated didn't work. Well, it doesn't work sometimes. That happens. How can that be it's, your it's excuse human. every year? Because it, it, it's human. They're human. They're real people. This yeah, is not so a it's, so it's, so it's uh, hold on, let me see here. I'm trying to make sure. Yeah, so it's Leslie Frazier and it's Sean McDermott. Yeah. Sean McDermott is building that defensive he's building that defensive game plan with Leslie Frazier. And people are it doesn't talking matter. About it doesn't matter if you. It doesn't matter if you win thirteen games, fourteen games, fifteen games, sixteen games. If you're that talented of a team, and you choke every single time in the playoffs, it is a larger if issue you than run, your roster. Run up. It's one thing if you choke to a, a, a an inferior team, but there are teams that are just better than you, and that sometimes you just have to realize that. They are just better, and that's the that's the the, the situation. So are the Bengals and the Chiefs always going to be just better? There are two teams in the NFL in the AFC right now that, for the past five years, have just been better. One of those, one of them for sure, has just been better than the Bills, and that's the Chiefs. The Chiefs are just better. The Bengals are just better no. under Joe Burrow. Ugh. They're just better. They're better than uh, them. Uh, They're better than the Bills. Uh, I just can't, I can't agree. I know you don't want to accept that, but they're just better. <laughs> They're better than the Bills. I'm sorry. And I think you have to make a change that's going to make them not, quote-unquote, just better. Because otherwise, you're always going to accept being third best. You're, always, you're never going to make the Super Bowl. That's the whole reason why you play football is to be number uh, one. So you risk going down and being that's yeah, hurt. you have to take risks. Uh you're you're making a big risk. Yeah, it happens, man. Because those guys, they look, when you when you when you can host a football game, when you can host two games in the playoffs, you're making all kind of money. And at you're not that winning point Super Bowls. ownership, but look, ownership, a lot of owners don't give a damn. If you're winning, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're extra tickets yeah, and you're I getting agree. extra revenue, and that's that. what they're that's what they're worried about because they also look at it and say, you know what, the Chiefs are better than us, the Beagles are better than us. But hey, we got this. A difference got- between it's it's a difference between we got the, to deliver a product to our home people. It is difference if between the Bengals. And- no, it is different between the Bengals are better than you, which I do think they are. And this like this current Bills team, they are the better team for sure. And then, <laughs> holy shit, that's an absolutely. What are you doing? What the fuck? What is that? That's me saying. <laughs> Well, duh. So why are we even having this argument? If you can, no, if because you can sit because here and because, say because it's that football. the Bengals are the better team. How many times do does the and worst team beat the? No, like, no, 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 no. How many times does the worst team beat the better team because they had a good game plan? Oh my god, that doesn't happen in the playoffs. 
There is a difference. There is a difference between they're a better team than us, and holy shit, our coach was absolutely horribly unprepared, and we looked like a fucking junior varsity team out there. And Sean McDermott got absolutely embarrassed. Yes, that was pathetic coaching. He did was not. Yes, was so dramatic. You're so dramatic. Yeah, so we're moving on. I mean, I don't have a lot to say about the Eagles-Giants game because it was an absolute utter ass-kicking, but they looked great. My only complaint is why the fuck didn't Nick Sirianni take Jalen Hurts out of that game and put Minshew in for at least the fourth quarter so he could rest? I I thought that was weird, but otherwise, I thought... Why did he take him out? Why didn't he take him out? He did. Well, he took him out the last couple of series, at least the last series. He should have taken that boy out for like a whole quarter, man. He literally said he was playing injured. He should have let that boy sit. Uh, but that was glorious. And, and let me tell you, I'll tell watch. you the reason why. I'll tell you the reason why. It's because you don't want to risk that whole Jackson. You just saw what Jacksonville yeah, did the week before. I, I get and you that. don't want to take that risk and you want to keep your, your foot on their neck. And I and, and, and I kind of told myself said, the same thing. Yeah, and you and the Eagles had played the week before, so they needed to get those reps in. So you I know, just yeah. would have taken my I just would have taken my injured quarterback out a little early if when it once it seemed pretty damn safe when it was like thirty one zero I'd have been like all right Jalen if we really need to we will but I think we'll be all right. <laughs> but that was glorious to watch. It was it was I was. What I love about that team is like their star receiver, AJ Brown, had three receptions for like 40 yards, and that team still steamrolled. Like they're so versatile and they can just do so much that like they don't even need their number one receiver to go God mode for them to hang 38 on another team. Well, because their number two receiver is a 1A, is a 1B. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, you know, and their tight end is like a one B two yeah. or like a or like a you know like a two A, and their running backs like a two A, and their backup running backs a two A. It's just so entertaining. It's to just watch, so man. many weapons. They have so many great weapons. And the, you know what the Giants need to do? You know what they really need to do? What's that? The Giants need to sign Boston Scott to their fucking roster so that boy can stop running two hundred yards and three touchdowns on them every time they fucking. <laughs> Nah, he don't want to be no giant. Dude, Boston Scott is like their kryptonite. He would kryptonite. rather be than be a giant. Dude, Boston Scott is their kryptonite. He puts 200 yards on them every time they play. Well, you know, learn the game play and stop them. <laughs> and then, I don't know, I thought the San Fran Dallas game was boring as shit. Because it wasn't even like defensive football. It was just bad football. Uh, see, I, I disagree with that. I thought that both sides played really good defense. Um, I thought that uh, the way that Dallas mitigated Debo Samuels and Christian McCaffrey was really impressive. They really did take those two out of the game plan yeah, for I a guess, lot of that game, and that was I, impressive. And so yeah. the defense that Dallas defense did enough to win the game. It's just that the Dallas offense. Well, that's what I was going to say. I feel like. I feel like there's two kinds of games. I feel like there's like when your offenses are playing very well, but the defenses are just playing that much better. And then there's your defense is giving it literally everything it has and the offense didn't bother to show up. And I don't enjoy that. And that's what Dallas did. Yeah. That defense was playing their asses off and Dak Prescott didn't give a fuck. Yep. Now, excuse me for saying this, but I'm just going to say it. Well, you don't give a shit, but Dak Prescott is the black Kirk Cousins. Dak Prescott is not ever going to take you to a Super Bowl. 
Dak Prescott is going to put up pretty regular season numbers. He's going to throw lots of touchdown passes, and he's going to have lots of passing yards, and he's going to be a great leader, and he's going to say all the right things, and he is never going to take you over, Bill. Well, I mean, he's, he's Tony not Romo. Guy. He's, he's not that he's, he's Tony Romo. He's everybody else that's ever been quarterback, with the exception of Roger Starbuck and Troy Aikman. Yeah. Everybody else who's, who's throwing the ball for Cowboys. It's but that's he's thing. just not that guy. Dax is not that guy. But no, they just paid him, but he needs to go. But they're stuck with him. I mean, as, like, they can trade I, I him and take a bit of a cap hit, but. Well, I keep telling my cousin, you know, that there's the the meme from when from Terrell Owens when, when Romo was getting That's on my that. quarterback. Yeah, that's my quarterback. It's uh, I keep sending that beam <laughs> <laughs> to my cousin every time he's talking about Dak. I'm just like, but bro, they're such a me- they're such a memeable team. <laughs> they are. They really are, and they're stuck with Dak. There's nothing they can do. I mean, no, no, no. So, so because they Dak. hold on, because they just paid for him, they could cut out about a third of his contract which would make his contract a lot more appealing to somebody if they want to trade him. I don't think they would get first-round picks for him, but if you want to just take the L, and just which I don't think they will. It's Dallas and it's Jerry Jones. But, like, I, I, but they could trade him to, like, I don't know, like an Atlanta or a Tennessee or like a, <laughs> L, or like a Las Vegas. For what? For like a third, maybe. <laughs> a third? You're going to trade that Prescott for it. You're that talk. Is, you're talking like bro. you're talking like a stat patter is going to win you a Super Bowl. Bro. He's a stat patter. He's you not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. The goal is to win a Super Bowl, but other there are teams that have to be realistic about the journey. When you don't make the playoffs, <laughs> you it's not realistic to think about the Super Bowl. It's on your target. It's on your vision board, <laughs> but it's not. Yes, but Dak Prescott can make a lot of teams around the league a lot better and a lot more respectable. He can. He absolutely he's, can. But he can do that for da- Look, he can do that for Dallas. But I but but Dallas is such a megalomaniac organization that they're like they're kind of like always a weird Super Bowl or bust team, even though they haven't made it to the championship game in 30 fucking years. Twenty eight. Is it twenty eight? Okay. But yeah, yeah that's that's the twenty eighth year. That's what I'm saying. Like, for some reason, because they three-peated back in the 90s, everyone acts like they're such an amazing organization when they're really, really not. They're actually yeah. kind of bottom of the barrel as far as playoff success goes in my lifetime. Like, yeah. So Dak Prescott's not your solution. You should cut your losses. You should move on. You should be searching for the guy that's going to get you to the bare minimum a conference championship game. Like the bare fucking minimum. Winning a wild card play game every once in a while is not an accomplishment. It's not an achievement. Look, I just think that their problems are so much bigger than a quarterback. I disagree. I think, in my opinion, if they had, let me think. I'm trying to think. No, 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 no. That's too far. I'm honestly like, if they had Derek Carr with that roster. And that defense, they would have beat San Francisco that day. Did you say Daniel Carr? I said Derek Carr, yeah. A Derek Carr? Derek Carr is a Are much better serious? quarterback than Dak Prescott. Are you serious? Derek Carr is a much better quarterback than Dak Prescott. 
You're serious, aren't you? Okay, Lamar Jackson's about to hit the free market. Go sign Lamar Jackson, Dallas, and make it make it farther into the playoffs than with Dak Prescott. Uh, you have to change everything about your team. Not necessarily. Yeah, you would. That line is not built for a constant run game like that. From the Dallas is always position. at their best when they're constantly running. From the from the running back position, not from a quarterback position. I personally, like, I, like I, said, I think Dak Prescott is the sole reason why they did not win that game. Uh, that's 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 true. That is a true statement. And I think if you put any other quarterback on that team that day. Brock Purdy's 50-50, I think they win that game. I'm talking about any other quarterback that was in the playoffs. Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, Trevor Lawrence, like anybody who was in the playoffs that day instead of Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was uh, Dak Prescott was the seventh – it's eight teams in the divisional round, right? Or is it four teams? Four teams. Four teams, so – right? Eight teams. Eight, eight teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dak Prescott was the seventh worst quarterback. The eighth worst quarterback was Brock Purdy. But he's surrounded by so many great pieces that he managed to pull it off because he played a little bit better on offense. Well, but so does that not say some things about the pieces that are around Dak? Dak choked. Dak threw what was it? Three picks? Two picks? Was it two picks and a fumble, or was it, it was, three picks and a fumble? It's two. Two picks and a fumble. Brock Purdy didn't do that. But hey, none of them was a pick six. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know, but okay, hold on. So I'm going to give my conference championship predictions, and then you give yours. Okay. Oh, this is this this is easy. So I have I have Cincinnati beating Kansas City for the fourth time in 13 months. I I mean, it's going to be one of those things where either Mahomes finally pulls off that first win against Burrow, and that's cool. It's not a thing. It doesn't become a story. It doesn't become a narrative. Uh, but I personally think Cincinnati's on fire. I think they have the better offense. I think the defenses are kind of 50-50, and I, I don't think Mahomes is going to be 100%, and I think Cincinnati pulls off a close one. That's my AFC prediction. My NFC prediction, you're not going to like it. This is how I feel. If the quarterbacks are equal, Philly wins hands down. If for some reason Jalen Hurts has an off day and Brock Purdy is, is who he is, I think the Niners win because if for some reason your quarterbacks are not playing well and you have to rely on the rest of the roster, San Francisco has the better run game. San Francisco has the better pass game. San Francisco has the better line protection. San Francisco has a better D line. Secondaries, yeah, 50 50. And San Francisco has the better linebackers. So if Jalen Hurts, if Jalen Hurts plays at the MVP caliber he's been playing all year long, I think the Eagles run away with it. But if for some reason Jalen Hurts is just himself, or I mean, I'm sorry, not himself. If he's just a little less than himself, if that shoulder injury, you know, for some reason plays a part, if he's just, if they're just really getting after him and you can tell he's just like rattled a little bit for whatever reason, if he's not playing at the way he's been playing all year long, I think San Francisco is going to win a tight one. But I only think San Francisco wins if Jalen Hurts has a bad day. If Jalen Hurts just plays how he's been playing all year long, I, I don't even think it's close. But that's just so. Who's going to win the freaking game? You oh, can't oh, oh. if you can't okay, if okay, and okay, 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 okay. So I'm going to so, gonna, so okay. So I'm going to say Cincinnati, Cincinnati 27, Kansas City 26. I don't know. I'm just going for the number, not so the actual score. And then I'm going to say Philly 
Philly 17, San Fran 10. <laughs> because I have faith in Jalen Hurts. You and because you I feel like Brock, I feel like Brock Purdy has to run out of steam eventually. You are interesting. I know. So we'll start with the AOC. I think this is the year that um, Andy Reid figures out the the uh, the Bengals. I think that 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 offensive line. Uh, is a struggle and that the Chiefs are going to use a lot of the strategy that was used in the Super Bowl by the Rams because it's the same situation. That that line is just as hobbled and just as bad. And the Chiefs have enough ability to be able to get to the get pressure and they can still contain uh, for enough time in the secondary to be able to cause some havoc. So they're going to get to to Joe Burrow. They're going to put him on his ass a lot. And so for that reason, and I also believe that Mahomes on one leg is better than everybody else on two. So the Chiefs offense is going to roll regardless. Again, they have a trillion weapons. Uh, Mahomes regularly passes it to eight, and nine different receivers during a game, key being Travis Kelsey, who just finds his way to be open all the time. Uh, I think that the Chiefs are going to win that game in a revenge type of a situation uh, at home, and it's 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 going. They're going to win that game pretty handily. Uh, in the NFC, I mean. Look, I disagree with your with your analysis of the game. Like, I don't think that the run game of San Francisco is better. Christian McCaffrey, you have, don't think Christian McCaffrey's better than Miles Sanders? The run game. You're talking about that's those are one people, but you have Miles Sanders, you have uh you were just talking about Boston Scott. You know, you have you have multiple people that you can throw uh, in there with the Eagles. And that's the thing. When one guy takes a break, the next guy is just as formidable. Uh, Same thing with the receivers. They have a Debo Samuels. We have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. They have Debo, they have George Kittle, and they have Brandon Ayuk. And then we have, uh, like, Ayuk, really? Ayuk is a very good receiver. Don't don't hand that you. He's very good. I mean, he's he's. I right, think their rosters he, are. No, Devonte Smith. Hold on, and Dallas Goddard and George Kittle. You know, I I uh, that's a wash. That's a wash. George Kittle's and not the offensive no. line. You talking about offensive line? Trey, are what? you kidding me? Lane Damn. Johnson has not allowed a sack all. Lane Johnson long. has not allowed a sack in two years straight. In two years, and you want, and then Travis Kelsey. I mean, uh, Jason Kelsey, probably the best center maybe in the history of the NFL. You know, All Pro first team. Yeah, for sure. And and that they just they just don't let they don't let people get to the quarterback very often. And so, uh, you know, the way that Jalen gets hurt is when he 
he leaves the pocket, when he's running down the field and he becomes uh, a runner, that's when he gets his, you know, in bad situations. But he played so much smarter in this last, you know, against the Giants that he really learned some things. And Nick Sirianni even said as much, you know, that they had spent the pre- the past two weeks teaching him how to how to fall. And he really displayed that. I think that the Eagles' defense, uh, because their defensive line are monsters, and they're going to get to, ah, to the they're going to get to that. They're going to get to Brock Purdy. I just think this one's so hard because these are actually like two all-time rosters. I feel like, like I feel like yeah, when you look back, like both when you teams feel like are great, and that's why I think it just comes down to the quarterbacks. Either the rookie's going to run out of steam. Or Jalen Hurts is just going to be himself, and they're in the Eagles would be just fine. But like, because Purdy has to run out of steam eventually, right? Like he can't well, keep. Purdy, Purdy has been starting every game, you know, in these playoffs, pretty shaky. Uh, and then he does just enough, you know, to not lose the game. Because the but, Eagles aren't going to pull a Dallas. Jalen Hurts is not going to pull a Dak Prescott. No, not it's at not all. Going to happen? Yeah, exactly. Not at all. So I, I just don't see, I don't see the Eagles losing this game especially at home. I think that this is going to be a, a, another runaway. I don't know if it's going to be quite the route that the Giants game was, but I can see the Eagles winning pretty handily and setting up um, uh, Eagles versus Chiefs because the storyline is juicy. And he going back to play Philly. Against his old team? Are you Nick kidding Sirianni, me? Kind of who is it? Nick Sirianni, who's a product of Andy Reid because he's a product of one of Reid's assistants. I don't remember who, but he's technically part of the Reid tree. You know, what better storylines is that? So, all right. So, so, so we disagree on the AFC and we agree on the NFC. That'll be interesting. Yeah. So I really do. I, I, I think that this is the year of the Eagles. Uh, one of the teachers, uh, one of the few other male teachers at my school, he is a big-time 49er fan. Nice. And so some of the sixth graders were asking me today. They were just like, "So, Mister Ratliff, whose team is it going to be? Is it going to be your team, or is it going to be his team?" I said, "What do you think?" They were just like, "I think the Eagles are going to win." I said, "You're a smart kid." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy to know that you actually are rooting for your team this week. And last week you were so worried about those giants and, Oh, I think we're going to be a little shaky and we might hit a slump because we were off for a week. And yeah, I was, there was concern. You know, so, I didn't say that know. we were going to lose. I didn't ever say that we were going to lose. <laughs> I just said that there was some concern about rust and, you know, and that it's difficult to be a, t- a team three times in one well, season. And we're getting close to the case. We're already an hour and a fucking half because good lord we could talk. So I'm gonna but um all I will say is that um I saw how the Eagles played when Jalen Hurts couldn't play and Gardner Minshew had to get in there and it looked very concerning. So well, if Jalen Hurts see, does not, if Jalen Hurts does not play like himself, if Jalen Hurts is eighty percent, seventy percent, fifty percent of himself. I am concerned about how that team's going to perform because oh they were gosh. not the same team when Gardner Minshew was playing for them. But then they were. Think about the Cowboys game. I want you to really think about the Cowboys game. They had the ball and were driving to win the game. 
Gardner Minshew did Gardner Minshew. Devontae Devonta Smith had like a four. Devonta Smith had like a thirty-five yard perfectly placed ball drop. So don't only blame it on Minshew. The Eagles are the Eagles. That's a loaded team. They uh, are. Gardner for sure. Minshew for sure. is better. He's better off the bench than he is when he has to prepare for a game because it's a different mindset. You know, you when. You, and that's with all those backups. That's why Henny was able to come in and lead a 98-yard drive. If he had to actually prepare to start as a starter, he would have probably been a disaster. But, you know, when you're just coming off the bench <coughs> and you're called on to be that guy, you can go and be that guy. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be – I think it's going to be Eagles and Chiefs. Uh, I look forward to this weekend, this Sunday, watching those. And basically, it's the battle to see who's not going to be in the in the uh, flag football game. <laughs> you ready for this dad joke? Do I have a choice? Nope. Okay. Well, here we go. All right. A very rich man gave birth to a son. On a son's 16th birthday, the man asked him what he wanted. And he said that he would get anything his heart desired. The son only asked for a pink ping pong ball. His father was curious, but complied. After they had cake and ice cream when the son opened his presents, he went up to his room with the pink ping pong ball. The ball was never seen again. The next year on the son's 17th birthday, the man asked him what he wanted. He said that since he was starting college early, he could have anything he wanted. The son only asked for a crate of pink ping pong balls. His father was confused, but he got a crate. After they had cake and ice cream and the son opened his presents, he went up to his room, and the crate was never seen again. The next year, on the son's 18th birthday, the man asked him what he wanted. He said that since 18 was a big milestone, he could have anything he wanted. The son asked for a truck full of pink ping pong balls. The father couldn't hold it any longer. He asked, what do you want with these pink ping pong balls? The son only asked that he trust him a little longer. The father valued his son's privacy, so he did not pry and bought his son a truck full of pink ping pong balls. After the son's extravagant 18th birthday party, he went out to a truck alone. The next morning, the pink ping pong balls were never were nowhere to be found. The next year, on the son's 19th birthday, the man asked if his son still wanted pink ping pong balls. The son said that he would like a warehouse full of the balls. The father had predicted as much and was very rich, so he had their chauffeur to <laughs> drive the son downtown to a warehouse purchased for this express purpose. When the son Lord. got there, he asked that the chauffeur leave him there overnight. The chauffeur, not one to disagree with his superior, left him. The next morning, when the chauffeur went to retrieve his son, the entire warehouse was empty with not a ball in sight. The next year, just before his 20th birthday, the son got in a car crash. When he was recovering in the hospital, the father went to visit him on his birthday. He asked, son, is there anything I could do to ease your pain? What shall I get you on your birthday? The son only asked for one single pink ping pong ball. The father said, you will have that. Only you must tell me what you were doing with all these balls. The son said that he would explain once he had the pink ping pong ball. The father went down to the corner store and brought and bought a single pink ping pong ball. When he returned to the room, the son was having lunch. He sat down next to the son and gave him the ball. Now, son, please tell me what you do with them. The son spoke slowly with a stutter inflicted by the car crash. I wanted all these pink ping pong balls because that... And then he died mid-sentence.
<laughs> hey, Courtney. <laughs> no, I feel like just like I actually took off my headset. I I'm, <laughs> I am like ready to walk away from the studio and just walk out of the studio. <laughs> like y'all, thanks for listening to the today's episode. Uh, I I apologize. Y'all wanted this segment back, and. This is what you got. So, Courtney really wanted a poem. <laughs> I would have given anything for a poem. Come on, Courtney, you didn't like that. What about me? And that's this child's laughter. <laughs> so, Damien, you have a recommendation this week. Courtney, you give the first recommendation. I recommend that Damien finds a book with some actually funny (laughs) dad jokes because bro that ain't it that's I swear that like on our on our cyber tiger news maybe you should YouTube cyber (laughs) tiger news because they do a joke of the day and I swear they're awful dad jokes they're awful dad jokes but they're all so much funnier than what I just heard. Come on, you like that, Courtney? No. Not, <laughs> at not at all. Why not? Why? Why so? <laughs> <laughs> what was funny about that? Your reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's my recommendation. If we're going to dad joke, can we actually get? No, we're not going to dad joke. Funny. I just really just mentally didn't have a poem in me today, and did, couldn't find a generic one I was satisfied with, and so this is what I came prepared with. Because oh it's like if I have writer block, writer's block in the brain, then it's like I can't just pull a poem out of nowhere, and all the generic ones are just kind of like, eh. the dad know? joke. This is the best you could do. I mean, because this took a long time. Like you could have wrote a crappy poem. Baby girl, and, your your little Courtney's my segment was like sixty minutes, so you don't get to say nothing. If, you don't get to say nothing if my dad joke was three minutes. I long. gave you content and made something to make you fucking ponder. <laughs> okay, I, that was awful. That was just awful. Just so you guys know, the episode where it cut out and and we just stopped it early, this was what he was saying to me on the phone call that we had privately. (laughs) Dreadful. (laughs) Courtney. (laughs) Canada, I apologize (laughs) that you all had to listen to that. If you're even still listening, I'm sure everyone just cut it off. They're just like... (laughs) You know what? Screw all the rest And you know what's show. funny is they're going to see like return of the dad joke in the description. Oh, they're, they're going to be, be so like... disappointed. People, I know y'all are so disappointed. Will you please share your disappointment <laughs> wherever you, you know, uh, <laughs> at Wayfork. What are you, you going to do if people are like, oh, I really liked it. Oh, no. that That's 
No, that won't happen. Nobody's gonna say that. Nobody's gonna say that. People might say that they like my reaction, but they're not gonna say that they like that joke. Nobody's gonna say that. Nobody's gonna say that. They mean you know. You know nobody's gonna say that. Just awful. I want you to know that this is everything I wanted from giving that joke. Just awful. You ruined the whole podcast for me. <laughs> like, I was feeling good about this episode, and then that just happened. Oh, you <laughs> fucking negative Nancy. And You're... then he died. I'm negative Nancy. Maybe <laughs> 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 what the hell is your recommendation? <laughs> I recommend that Courtney takes the massive stick up out his ass and no, I'm just playing. <laughs> Come on. Sour grapes over there. Uh, <laughs> my recommendation um, <laughs> I don't even have one anymore because I fucking my stomach hurts. I'm just going to give a quick one and say my recommendation is to get together with some friends and family this weekend and watch some conference championship football and let me and Courtney know who you think, whose predictions you think will be right and if you have any conflicting predictions and then um, yeah, that's that's what I got. That's what I got for you. I'm still laughing over Courtney's salty ass. (laughs) Uh, folks, whoever's still hanging with us, God bless you. Because, <laughs> yeah, you made it through that. Um, and if you guys have please, any pink ping pong balls, you know. Oh, my goodness. So please feel free to put Damien on blast. Follow us on Instagram at waitwhatpod22. Uh, listen to this show. Wherever you get your podcasts, be sure to share the show. Hey, Courtney, I uh, would tell you he was doing with the ping pong balls, but you're not a monk. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's the end of today's episode. Uh, hopefully, we will see you again and hear from you again. But, you know, I, I'm now questioning my will to, to podcast. Because that was just awful. Folks, I am so sorry. (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) Oh, I'm fucking funny. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) Not at all. Next time I see you in Midland, I'm going to show up with a pink pink pong ball. Oh, my God. So disappointing. Hey, look at your text messages. Yeah, I have a. I, I actually have about a billion messages. My phone is doing nothing but going off right now. <laughs> about all kinds of shit. So something is trying to come through. Probably you. But I'm sure it's a pink pink pong ball. All right, Gordy, how about we call the sequence? Yes, please. <laughs>
<laughs> I'll talk to you later. Time, if there's a next time. <laughs> uh, goodbye, good citizens. Bye, Courtney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>